Welcome to our DSM Hollywood podcast series. The following is an excerpt from Dr. Daniel Sherstad's weekly online Bible study for those in the entertainment industry, along with those who have a passion to see the kingdom of God revealed in Hollywood. For more information about DSM Hollywood, including upcoming events and how to join in on our Bible studies, please visit www.dsmhollywood.com. We're so glad you have tuned in, and we're grateful for the privilege to help you grow in your holy calling in Christ Jesus. Before you listen, I encourage you to grab your Bible and set your heart in expectancy to receive from the Lord, knowing that His heart is for you to grow in knowing Him and to grow in walking the place. with Him. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. We always have people that are watching in Pakistan and um, India and in uh, West Africa, South Africa, and uh, in Mexico and all kinds of states uh, that are watching always on Facebook every single week. And so we just want to welcome everybody that's on Facebook. Um, so whether you're watching now, or you're watching it tomorrow, or you're listening to the podcast a week from now, welcome. And everyone that's on the Google Meet call here, welcome to each and every one of you. What a blessing each and every one of you are. Very excited about the, the, the teaching here tonight. I believe that, um, that it's going to just absolutely bless, encourage, and impart some supernatural just faith, hope, and strength to you. And uh, so I uh, just want to encourage you to open up your hearts, open up your minds, and uh, open up your spirits. If you have your Bible, that'd be great. Open up your Bibles. And uh, we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit. Now Sue's going to help me. She's going to pray for us tonight. And just help us ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we can accomplish nothing. And so we desperately, desperately need His power. Yes. And the person, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit to come and minister life to each and every one of us here tonight. Yes, so yes. we're so, so thankful for that. Thank you, Father. Mm, yes, hallelujah. Let's just go before the Lord. Um, oh, we give you praise, Father. Yes. We lift up and exalt you, Lord Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. We magnify mm. your name, yes. the power of your name, the power of the blood. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come now. And just uh, come and just um, may your presence be known where each yes. one is at right now who's on this call and watching by Facebook. We just thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving mightily during mm. this time and speaking to hearts. And I pray for my husband. I thank you, Father God, for uh, the anointing upon him to preach, to teach. And we just pray, Lord, for uh, the spirit of revelation to be released. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing understanding and wisdom, Lord, to each one on the call. Yes. We just thank you, Lord, for speaking to each one individually. Mm -hmm. We just thank you, Abba Father, uh, for your love, your grace, your mercy for each one of us here tonight. Yes, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, that, um, that you are shining a bright beacon of light and hope into the Hollywood industry. Amen. We just thank you, Lord, that transformation is taking place yes. and that we have entered into to a new season hmm. we just give you praise for that lord god that That's things right. are shifting things are changing yes. and your plan and your purpose uh for each one here tonight is is being brought forth lord that they're gaining a better understanding 
That's right. Of what that is, of what their true call is and what they are to be doing for the kingdom of God in the place that you have put them. Hmm. And so, Lord, we just thank you for it, Father, uh, that you are just uh, bringing encouragement tonight and strength. Yes. All for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you praise. Amen. And amen. 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 Thank you, sweetheart. All righty. <clears throat> so I'm going to be starting out in the, in the, the book of Joel, the prophet Joel. And um, uh, Joel chapter uh, 2. And uh, of course, uh, when I say Joel chapter 2, uh, you'll know that, uh, you know that uh, when Peter got up on the book on the day of Pentecost, and uh, began to uh, speak. He said, uh, this, what you're experiencing, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, is that what the prophet Joel prophesied about? And so then he started quoting the prophet Joel here. And, uh, and so but I'm going to read some verses that come before that, that, that uh, those verses that Peter um, prophesied about and, um, and just kind of recited there on the day of Pentecost to explain what was truly happening there. But I'm going to read the context. I'm going to go, then we're going to start verse 21 of chapter two, and then we're going to come back. And then I'm just going to share some things that have been happening this week and some things in my heart and just really uh, tie, uh, that's going to tie into this. And we're going to, and there's no way I'm going to get through everything that I want to talk about here tonight, but we'll see how far we can get. And then we'll just pick it up next time we're together. All righty. <clears throat> 21, chapter two. Book of Joel says, fear not, O people of God, be glad and rejoice for the Lord has done, <clears throat> has done great things. Be not afraid, you wild beasts of the field, the pastures of the wilderness. It says here <clears throat> that spring has sprung up, the green has sprung up, the tree is bearing its fruit, the fig tree and the vine are yielding their, 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 their fruit in full strength. Be glad, rejoice, you children of God. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given the former rain, the early rain, in just measure and in righteousness, and he causes to come down for you the rain, the former, and the latter rain as before. And the threshing floor shall be full of grain, and the vat shall overflow with oil, and I will restore, I will replace for you the years that the locust has eaten, the hopping locust, the stripping locust, the crawling locust, my great <clears throat> army which I sent among you, and you shall eat in plenty, and you shall be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously for you, and my people shall never be put to shame, and you shall know, and you shall understand, and you will realize that I, your God, am in the midst of my people, and I am the Lord thy God, and there is no one else like me. My people shall never, ever, ever be put to shame. Come on. Powerful passage of, 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 of Scripture there. And, uh, and again, we've named this. We're decreeing and declaring that we have stepped into a season that God is of divine recovery, divine restoration, divine restitution, divine recompense. Come on, that this is the season for that. Now, uh, let me just make a few comments. The Lord just really, I began teaching about this um, last Thursday night. If you didn't get to, you weren't on the call um, or you didn't get to watch it on Facebook, uh, you can go and um, to the uh, Instagram page, click on the link tree. 
and all the links there for the website are there. You can click on the link there, take you right to the, the podcast, and uh, you can listen to last week's thing, uh, last week's teaching. It'll be a great source of strength and encouragement to you. Uh, but uh, just this last Monday was my birthday. I turned 58 years old. And uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody that uh, that's on the call here, everybody that's on Facebook that not only um, sent birthday greetings, but uh, I know a number of you on the call here uh, came to my birthday party on Monday night right here at the house. And we had an awesome time, and it was an amazing thing. Pastor Tim played his uh, saxophone for us, did a little mini concert. And uh, I shared a little bit of uh, what the Lord told, told me on my birthday. And I did share that usually on my birthday, and, and you'll have to bear with me, those that were at my birthday and heard me share this, but I want to make sure that I get to share this for everybody on the call, everybody that's watching on Facebook, because to me, it's so profound and it's so powerful and it really ties into the power of restoring divine restoration, divine recovery, okay? And, uh, and so on my birthday, I usually do something fun on my birthday like most people do. My favorite thing in life to do is to go to the coast and to, and to spend time at the beach, go to Laguna Beach. As I said uh, on Monday night, um, I, that's my favorite place right there, Laguna Beach. I would love to live there one day um, because I'm pretty sure Jesus lives there. And, uh, and so uh, it's the best place right there. Or I like to go up to Malibu and go to Paradise Cove there and eat lunch and hang out on the beach, whatever kind of thing, or just drive down the coast. I just love doing things like that. But on the day before my birthday, I was just spending some time with the Lord. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, he said, listen, I just want you to stay home tomorrow on your birthday. And I want to spend some time talking with you. And so, listen, it's so important. There's nothing wrong with doing fun stuff. I love to do fun stuff. I love to do stuff that uh, is enjoyable to me. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Unless the Lord tells you to do this. Uh, obedience uh, is better, come on now, than sacrifice. And so um, the Bible says, and so what does that mean? That means that we can like, okay, mm, uh, we're going to sacrifice. He said, we're going to worship. I'm going to give you this, Lord. He said, you know what? I would have just really, really rather you just obeyed me in the first place. And so I just did what I asked you to do. And so it's so important. Listen, the blessing of God always meets at the inter in intersection of obedience. So important, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're called to do, if you want divine recovery, if you want divine restoration, and uh, a lot of us, a lot of people have lost a lot of stuff during the last 18 months. And, uh, and so if we want to experience that, I'm telling you right now, it doesn't come by accident. It doesn't come. It comes by intentional faith and faith without obedience to what the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding you directly to do is not faith at all. And so it's so important that we obey the nudges of the Holy Spirit. And so he was nudging me to stay home. And so on Monday, I did that. And then I just kind of relaxing and resting. And I, as you've heard me say many times before, one of the one of the major keys to really hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit very clearly is learning how to relax, learning how to rest in his presence. Come on now. And learning how to stay focused and learning how to tune out all the other distractions because we live in a world of multiple distractions. Every one of us does coming to us all the time. The, the enemy of our soul loves to bring 
big distractions. And in fact, the word of God says, you know what? It's really not the big things that get us. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine, Ecclesiastes says. And so it's the little things that distract us, that break our focus, that if we yield to them over and over again uh, or long enough, it will literally keep us from experiencing that which God and intends for us to experience. And so it's so important that we obey the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I did that. And so uh, later on in the day, I went to LA Fitness and I, I do that almost five, six times a week. And uh, and so as I was doing that, because I, not only because of that, I spend time with the Lord. Every time I'm, I'm working out, I spend time reading the word while I'm on an elliptical machine, praying in the spirit and uh and uh, do that every day. Then I spend time praying in the spirit. Then I go to the, the to the sauna and I pray in the spirit in the sauna, and just uh, just stirring up the inner man. The Bible says, as you pray in the Holy Ghost, it builds up your inner man, and it, and it gives you the strength and the power, the insight to see what God is doing in your life. And so it's so important that we do that. And so when I was walking into LA Fitness, ran into a young lady. Um, by the name of Dana, and she was working for an organization and trying to raise up monthly support for children around the world in third world nations. And so uh, I ended up striking a conversation. Was I, Usually, you know, I'm not a big fan of solicitors, no matter. And so, uh, and so I was walking by, but I heard the Holy Spirit say, stop, and I want you to pay attention, and I want you to listen to this young lady. So I did, and as I did that, listened to her heart, listened to her little speech, and, uh, and so all of a sudden, I, the Lord's began to speak to me about her life. So I began to prophesy to her right there as all kinds of people are streaming into LA Fitness, just stood there right in front in the front door, bold as a lion, prophesying to Dana about her future and that which God wants to do. And she was just so blown away by that. And uh, she was very open to that. And uh, she said, she goes, sir. She goes, uh, and then I begin to tell her what I do for a living. I'm a pastor. I've been doing it for 35 years. Been operating in the prophetic for 35 years. And so she goes, man, this is the best conversation I've had with anybody all day long here. And uh, and so well, I always like to say it like this. Whenever you, uh, you receive a word from the Lord, that is God speaking to you. And that is the best conversation you're going to ever have in your life right there. And so um, so she received that. I went in and worked out. <clears throat> And the Lord began to speak to me from the book of, uh, of, uh, of um, Psalm chapter 16. And, uh, and so um, I want to just share these couple of verses that the Lord spoke and quickened to my heart. And, and, and I, I, when I go to the word of God, and especially on, uh, on uh, days like my birthday, I have a, a, a level of expectation, a level of confidence, a level of faith that the Lord is going to speak to me because I'm about to start a brand new year in my life. So then, you know, my birthday is a landmark day in my life. And so um, and I want to encourage you, just, this is as a side note, I want to encourage you to celebrate birthdays. Uh, I want you to encourage you to celebrate your children's birthdays. I know Christian families that don't do that. They don't think it's any big deal. No, the day that you came into this world, the day that your children and grandchildren um, that God saw fed, if you think they were here by accident or they were born on that day as a coincidence, no, they came in by divine appointment. And so you need to celebrate that and recognize it as a landmark, hallmark day in your life every year. 
and then expect the Lord to speak to you like he's never spoken to you before. <clears throat> and so, uh, and so I, I had that sense of expectation. I shared with the people at my birthday party that it was the same kind of expectation on the day that we I married my wife almost 29 years ago. On November 21st, <clears throat> I, I knelt down that morning of, of our wedding. I knelt down at my bed and, uh, and I said to the Lord, Lord, today's the day. I said, uh, uh, if you want to say something to me, and as it relates to that, I, this is the wrong person that I'm going to marry because I almost married the wrong person before. And so I'm not, this is the third time I've prayed this prayer. Then I prayed the prayer two other times and the Lord both times. He said, if you marry that young lady, you will miss your entire destiny. And if you don't think that you can miss the destiny that God is praying by marrying the wrong person, well, then you're just deceived. Your uh, your your decision to who you're going to bury, outside of your relationship and your decision to become a born again believer, that is the most important decision of your life. And so, on the this is now I'm I'm praying that prayer for the third time in my life. So I opened up because it was the 21st day of November. I opened up to to Psalm 21st 21, and it says in the second verse, he says. He says, today, my son, I have given you your heart's desire, and I have not withheld the request of your lips. And it just that, that, that verse jumped off the page into my spirit and became part of the very fabric of my internal being, my inner man. And I knew that it was God had taken that written word and quickened it by the Holy Spirit and now became a rainbow word. Well, I had that kind of expectation on Monday as, as I was celebrating my birthday. I just knew that this birthday was going to be different than any other birthday. And so as I opened up to Psalm 16, because that's the August 16th is my birthday. And uh, I heard the Lord quicken this verse five here. And he says, it says here, Lord, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. This is David speaking. And he's saying, you are my prize, Lord. David said, David, Lord. I intentionally choose. You got to choose every day. Lord, you're my inheritance. Not anything that you have, not anything that you can do, not anything that you can give me, not everything that comes with the package, but just you, Lord. You are my inheritance. You, Lord Jesus Christ, you are my prize. You alone, Lord Jesus, you are my pleasure. You alone, Lord Jesus, you alone are my portion. Okay, and so he, 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 David is just all of the heart. That needs to be, and I've been, I've been saying that all every day of my life. I'm telling you right now, and uh, I'm, I'm a third, fourth generational pastor. So I grew up in this thing all of my life. I've been just, that's my heart. That's my passion. Oh, Jesus, I want you to be the, the only focus, the one thing that I pursue after. Not all, I don't want, it's so easy to get caught up in everything else and even to get caught, caught up in the work of the kingdom that we forget about Jesus Christ himself, who is the king of the kingdom kind of thing. And so it's so important that we do that. And he says, because, David says, I have come to the place where I have made you, you personally, my inheritance. I have come to a place of complete rest in this thought. I leave 
my destiny and its timing in your hands. Oh my goodness, I mean, that is so powerful. There's a that is a an absolute powerful space to live in, where you really not just not just saying off the top of your head, but you really are saying it, and you really believe it. Come on now, my entire destiny, my entire future, I leave it, and the timing of it, I leave it right there in your hands. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs over and over and over again that it's okay for man to make plans, but it's the Lord who directs their path. It's the Lord who causes the outcome to take place. And so you can come up with a plan. In fact, you know what? Uh, if you want, want to. And I say it like that because I have not to this day met one person. And because you can listen to all of these motivational speakers and they'll tell you, man, you got to write down in detail a five-year plan kind of thing. To this day, my hand to God, I have never met one person in the kingdom of God or outside the kingdom of God. When they wrote down, they'll spend weeks, if not months, writing down a five-year plan. Well, I've not met one person where that five-year plan, they can say that it actually came to pass. So the reality is, if you think you can sit down and foresee, come on now, every detail five years into the future, uh, well, I'd like to meet you. Come on now. And so I, I would like to spend some time in your presence because that's just absolutely brilliant. And that's just absolutely crazy, crazy prophetic kind of thing. But the reality is uh, uh, we can only see, come on now, we see mm, like it through a glass that's that's dim, it says, Paul says. And so we see in part and then we can prophesy in part. And so uh, I'm not a big believer in sitting down. I'm a big believer in hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit every day and doing what Jesus said. Jesus said, I spend time every day in the presence of my, my Father, and then the Holy Spirit shows me what he wants me to do today and what he wants me to say today. And that's why Jesus said, listen, don't take no thought for what's going to happen tomorrow because tomorrow is going to have enough of its stuff going on tomorrow. You need to stay focused on today because if you can't live in the moment if you can't live in the right now come on now live in real time right now faith works in the now and so have hope is for the future and so important to have hope you've heard me say because once you lose hope for the future you lose all power in the present because faith only works faith is the power that changes the circumstances in your present faith brings substance let me just remind you what i said last week for all the new people on the call everybody that's watching here that they have done multiple studies. This is absolutely profound. That fifty um, percent of that what makes up who you are today and what's happening in your life today, fifty percent of that is everything that happened in your past, all of your experiences, everything that you could ever come up with in your past. When you wrap it all up together, that makes up fifty percent of what's happening. So you can't just sit back and say, "Well, my life is today is because man." I grew up in the wrong family. I had crummy parents kind of thing. And uh, I had crummy friends and and the Lord wasn't all that good to me. And so you can throw all those people under the bus kind of thing and blame everybody else or and just that and say that 100% of what's going on in your life today is all because of what happened in the past. And the reality is that's that really is not true. Only really 50%. The other 50% of what's making up your reality today is what you believe is going to happen in the future. Let me say that again. 
And man, and that's that, that's that's all, that's medical studies from from medical science and from psychology, all kinds of, uh, um, and so brilliant years and years of study, and that fifty percent of what you believe. Now, I'm not even tied in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not even tied in the operation of faith yet. This is a study outside of the Holy Spirit, outside of the realm of faith. That fifty percent of people outside the kingdom then uh, what they believe is going to happen in the future makes up what's going to, what's taking place now. So if you don't believe nothing, nothing good is going to happen in the future. Come on now. And so you've got to learn because Jesus lives in the future and your present and your past all at the same time. He lives outside the time. He doesn't live in time. Therefore, he's not controlled by time. Therefore, he's never late. He's always on time. And so... <clears throat> We live in time, and so every time you think that God is late or outside, come on, the context of what you think should happen in this moment right here, that will create the, the feelings of frustration. And so uh, I say this to myself every time I feel frustrated. I say, Dan, I say, Dan, you are expecting something to happen outside the context of the time that it's supposed to happen. So if I'm, ex every time I feel frustration, I tell myself, you are expecting something to happen before it is supposed to happen. That's why you feel frustrated, Dan. Because the reality is, come on now, we need to live future present. Come on now. Not present future, but future present. Because Jesus is in your future, calling you, come on, knowing your future, having, come on now, exactly what's going to happen and he's calling you from the future to the future with a word concerning the future and so that's why it's so important that we grab a hold of that and so the whole concept of your destiny and the timing of that is in the hand the hand of the lord right there and he says your pleasant path leads me to pleasure pleasant places i'm overwhelmed with the pleasure the privileges that come with following after you, come on now, as it relates to all of that. And so it's so important that we grab a hold of that. Now, this is what I felt as the Holy Spirit quickened those verses to me on my birthday. I heard, I was, I sensed and heard the Holy Spirit say that when I had stepped into, now I'm sharing this because I know according to the written word of God and according to the Holy Spirit and according to 35 years of, of, of ministry, um, that when whenever God does something in my life, every person, every ministry that's connected to me, come on now, seriously in, in relationship, what God does in and through and for me will begin to happen for them. Come on now. And, uh, and uh, I, I could stand here all night and give testimony after testimony after testimony uh, I see, I've seen that happen. So as I'm sharing this, I need you to really grab a hold of this thing and ex begin to expect this to take place. But I heard the Holy Spirit say, Dan, you stepped into a Kairos moment. A Kairos moment is a, is, a, a, is a time, not a Kronos. There's two Greek words for time. Kronos means earth time. Mm, Kairos means time at the timing of God or eternal, like an eternal moment in the realm of the Spirit that collides with earth time. 
So before you were on this planet, God says, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. And he says that I know the ending before the beginning ever starts. And so he knows your entire timeline of your life. And so he has literally, before you got here, set certain moments called Kairos moments into your physical earth time. Come on now, timeline. And so when you collide with them, and I collided with one of those on August 16th on Monday of the 58th year of my life, I collided with one of those Kairos moments. And when that takes place, here's what happens. Things begin to accelerate. Things that could not happen outside of that moment and that timing begin to happen within the context of that moment. Everything begins to begins to accelerate in that. So it's like a totally brand new season in your life when that takes place. Now, as a further confirmation, as I went um, to our, our corporate prayer meeting on Tuesday night, the next day, Pastor Doug, who oh, I work with um, here in the Rancho Cucamonga at the River's Edge Church, before I even got a chance to share with him or anybody else what, it, what happened on Monday, he began to share that the Lord spoke to him and said, listen, I came tonight and I heard the Holy Spirit say very clearly to let <clears throat> that we had stepped into a brand new season. Mm, come on now. We literally, come on, just stepped into a brand new season. Now, and when you step into a season, come on, because God works in seasons, God works in cycles, and we stepped into a brand new season, and this is going to be a season, come on now, where God is going to cause, come on, dreams, cause harvest of blessing. That's why I wanted to read a supernatural recovery, supernatural restoration to begin to take place, supernatural restoration, uh, restitution, recompense is going to begin to take place at a level that you have not experienced in the previous years. I'm telling you right now about the spirit of living God. I'm speaking prophetically right there. So it's so important that you grab a hold of that. In fact, as I began to prophesy Tuesday night over the church, it, the presence of God came so strong. And then Pastor Doug, he told everybody in the church, he said, listen now, 8-17, August 17th at 8-15, when Pastor Dunn prophesied and released the word. Oh, my God, I felt something surge right out of the realm of the spirit right there. Somebody better grab a hold of it. I feel the prophetic anointing. Come on, surging up and out of my spirit now. I feel it. I feel it very strong. It's coming right now. The atmosphere is shifting now in the name of Jesus. Open up, hear the voice within my voice now in the name of Jesus. This is a season. He said at 8.15, the word of the Lord was spoken into the realm of the spirit. He said, you mark that moment right there. Everything shifts. And I'm prophesying to you tonight, everybody, every one of you that's in the industry, every whether you're in the industry, outside the industry, whether you're here in Southern California, or in the state of California, or another state, or another nation, I'm telling you right now, everything is shifting now in the name of Jesus. Everything is shifting. There is a supernatural rain that's beginning to come. The former and the latter rain is beginning to come. I'm prophesying, come on now, that your latter is going to be greater than your former in the name of Jesus. I don't care how great, I don't care how young or old you are on this call, I am prophesying in the name of Jesus that this, this season, this latter season 
is going to be so much more greater than any former season that you had in your life. And the reason is, is because God is saying, I am literally releasing a word. Come on now. I'm releasing my power to cause divine recovery, divine restoration. And I'm causing the latter, the former rain, and come on now, and the latter rain to come together in your life. That rain speaks of the glory of God's presence. It speaks of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It speaks of the person, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit to literally, oh my God, to literally come in a measure, in a way that you've never experienced before in your life in the name of Jesus. In the name of, that's why Joel says, man, be glad. Begin to rejoice. Begin to thank God. Come on now. Like never before. You know why? You know why praise is so important. It's so powerful. Listen now. Listen to this now. Psalm 117. I just read some scriptures from Psalm 17. Listen to this. Psalm 117. It says, let everyone everywhere everywhere shine with the praise to Yahweh. And the reason it reads like that is because the word for praise comes out of a root word that means to shine. So the implication is the more that you praise God, the more that you rejoice, come on, the more that you cause that your praise and worship is saturated with the power of thanksgiving. Come on now. And literally, as you begin to praise and you begin to worship, you begin to adore him like never before. The implication is, is that the glory of God's presence, the glory of his anointing, the glory of his love will shine up and out of you like never before. So if you want the glory to shine, come on. If you want Jesus to shine every place that you go, if you want the shine to be stronger and brighter, you ought to start praising the Lord. You ought to start rejoicing. I don't care what the heck is going on in your life right now. You need to give God the glory. You need to praise him. You need to thank him. Come on now. You need to make a decision. I'm not going to fear any longer. Be, I'm going to be glad. I'm going to rejoice for the Lord has done great things. He said, let everyone everywhere, let everyone everywhere, come on, I don't care where you're at. You need to be praising the Lord all day long. Let it all out. Let it all out. Come on, stop holding your praise in. Stop holding your worship in. Come on now, stop holding your thanksgiving in. Let it all out. Go ahead and praise him. Let it all out. Go ahead and praise him like you've never. Let a crazy praise come up and out of your spirit. For he, come on now, has conquered us with his great love. Woo, come on somebody. He has conquered us with his great love and his kindness has melted our hearts. That's why the apostle Paul declares in the book of Romans that it's the goodness of God. It's the kindness of God. It's the love of God that leads people to repent. Come on now. To repentance, to a, a change of a paradigm change, a way of thinking in their life. It's the goodness of God. Why? Because God just keeps on pouring out his love. He keeps on pouring out his kindness. He keeps on demonstrating his goodness. Come on now. When Moses said, show me your glory, God says, I'm going to allow my goodness, my mercy, my kindness to pass by you. It's the goodness of God, the kindness of God. When it's manifested, that's actual glory manifesting in your life. And it literally captures our heart. Come on now. It conquers our hearts. And he goes on to say that his faithfulness lasts forever. And he will never, ever fail you. So go ahead. Let it all out. Praise y'all. Oh, y'all. Come on, somebody. I love that. 
Praise Yah, oh Yah. And by the way, the word Yah is not Yahweh. Mm, it's two different Hebrew words. Come on now. Mm, they're two different names for God. Yahweh is, mm, is, is used 6,000. Come on now. It's used uh, um, 6,830 times in the, in, in the Hebrew text. The word Yah is only used 49 times in the Hebrew text. 49. So whenever you see the word Yah, which is one of the names for God, come on now. Whenever you, it's the writer in the scriptures is intentionally choosing that name of God, Yah, because that name of God contains, it says that the, it's making a declaration that the, the supernatural power and authority of the God of heaven, it has or about is about to dem be demonstrated and manifest. So when, come on now, when this psalmist right here, right, let everyone everywhere begin to praise him. Come on now. And with everything that you got, let it all out. Come on, go ahead and give him everything that you got. His kindness, his love, his goodness, his faithfulness has literally captured our hearts. He's never going to fail you. Let it all out. Go ahead and praise Y'all, the God of supernatural power, of supernatural authority, come on, praise the God who's about to move in a way that you've never seen him move before. Come on, somebody. So that's why he says, come on out. Joel says, man, whoo, you need to praise him. You need to give him glory. You need to thank him like you've never thanked him before. Because mm, as you do that, come on, you step into the very presence of God, into the very glory of God. Ooh, that's why here in Psalm 16, verse 11, the Holy Spirit just this, and this jumped off the page on my birthday too. It says here, because of you, I know the path of life as I taste the fullness of joy in your presence. Come on. At your right side, I experience divine pleasures forevermore. Come on now. Ooh, right there. Come on now. The, the joy of the Lord, which is the strength of God is found in the presence of God. Come on now, that's why you gotta be right there. He said the fullness of joy right there is in his presence and at his right side, you experience the pleasures forevermore. Come on now, I said on my birthdays, I was talking about this a little bit. It said when Jesus was on the cross, it was the spear of a man's hatred that literally pierced his side. Come on now. And literally out of his side, flowed the blood and the water, come on now, that speaks prophetically, not only that speaks prophetically of the birth of the church, come on now, out of the side, because when somebody, when a woman gives birth to a baby, blood and water come out, come on now. So this is a supernatural thing takes place, man. When somebody, you go ahead and don't, don't do this. Don't do this. But let's say for, for the illustration's sake, if you took a spear and pierced somebody in their side, I promise you water is not going to come out of their side. Only blood's going to come out. So a supernatural act, come on now, supernatural manifestation of the blood and the water coming out of the side of Jesus speaks prophetically of giving birth, oh my God, to the church, giving birth to the bride of Christ right there, the bride that comes from his side right there. That blood speaks of his forgiveness, his mercy, his goodness, his kindness. The water speaks of the power, the presence, the person, the grace of the Holy Spirit. Come on now. And the Bible says that we 
Come on, as the bride of Christ, as sons and daughters in Christ, we stand at the right side of Christ. Right now, we are seated in heavenly places. Come on, at the right side of Christ. So, listen, in a very real way, when people are going to experience, come on now, that's why it says that at the right side. You need to secure that. You're at the right side. You're there. Joy, pleasure, everything that you're going to need is at the right side of Jesus. Where Who's at the right side? That's you. You know why he says that? Because it's going to come out of you. Come on now. Come on now. The heavens are open. I don't waste a minute of my life praying for open heavens. Man, man I've, I've known this for years and years and years. The heavens are already open to me. I have never, I don't ever pray, oh, Lord God, the heavens are brass. Oh, God, we, never, we need to pray. We need to intercede. Oh, my God, let's let's storm the gates of heaven until the, 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 the brass heavens open up. No, that's a bunch of bull. Loney, come on now. You need to get biblical. It's already open. I don't waste a second. I know when I pray, God hears me. I know that. I'm not guessing. I'm not hoping. I know that he hears me. And the Bible says if I know that he hears me and I'm praying according to the, to the word of God, which is the will of God, I know that he will answer me. So I pray with that level of confidence, boldness, and uh, knowing that God is going to do that. And cause, come on now, that's what I am bringing to the Lord by way of the Holy Spirit to literally begin to manifest and cause his power to be released into the earth realm right there. And you know what? It's flowing out of me because I'm at the right side. Come on now. And the river's in me. Come on now. The rain is in me. When we talk about the latter rain and the former rain, come on now, coming together, it's coming up and out of you and raining. Come on now. I'm not waiting for anything to hit me. I got it all on the inside of me right there. If the Holy Spirit's living on you, you got the entire kingdom. Come on now. You got all the righteousness, all the joy, all of the peace, which is in the Holy Ghost. And come on now, which is the entire kingdom of God right there. So if you got it on the inside, it's about learning how to activate it learning how to be more aware of that, learning how to release it up and out of you, not trying to get something to come on you. So we don't need to sit around and say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Oh, God's about to do something. No, I'm not getting ready for anything because he's already did everything, done everything he's ever going to do. All I need to do, come on now, is be more sensitive, realize, come with revelatory understanding of who I am in the Lord Jesus Christ and begin to activate that with great power. Come on now. So important. Be glad. Begin to rejoice. Don't fear. Come on now. Woo. Let me read you a few scriptures. Oh, my goodness. I feel so strong. About the, let me read a few scriptures to you out of the book of Philippians. Here, You're going to be blessed by this. It all ties into these verses here. This is the first. I'm talking about divine recovery. The first thing that you got to do now is you got to begin to be glad. You got to rejoice no matter what. Not just when things are going good, but when, come on, no matter what's happening in your life, you got to learn. And, not, and I'm not talking about some kind of half hearted thing. I'm talking about out of your heart here. In Philippians chapter four, the apostle Paul is in prison and he's continually he's writing this church to Philippi, the church at Philippi. Now, watch this now. This is, it says here that, um, um, in verse one, he says, my dear and precious friends whom I deeply love, you have truly become my glorious joy and crown of reward. You know why he's saying that? This church right here was like the jewel in the crown. 
You know, you know why Paul considered this church of Philippi that way? Here's why. Listen very carefully. In the book of Acts, chapter 17, there is in Paul and Silas are doing, they're doing the work of the kingdom. And um, it says that there was a young lady who had a diabolical demon spirit. Come on now, a spirit of divination who could, uh, like, a, like, a, like we call them psychics today kind of thing. And she would come along and she would prophesy that these are real men of God and you need to listen to them. And she did that for days and days and days until the, the apostle Paul turned around. He, he was patient with this young lady for a while. And yet he turned around. Listen, somebody can say the right thing, but have the wrong spirit about them. And let me tell you, if you got the wrong spirit about you saying the right thing, it's still the wrong thing. Come on now. Let me say that again. You can say the right thing, but have the wrong spirit about you, and it's the wrong thing. So not only do you got to say the right thing, you got to have the right spirit about you when you do say that. And so um, and so this, she did not have the right spirit about her. She did, and so the apostle Paul turned around and cast a demon out of this young lady. Now, she was a slave to their masters. And so once they had made a lot of money off of her, and so once they realized that they had lost all future income, they literally went to all the leaders of the city. They went to the Roman soldiers and told what these guys are doing, what they're saying kind of thing, and had them arrested. Now watch this, watch this. And their story records now that they're arrested and they're, they're beaten with rods. Come on now, I'm talking about metal rods. Beaten with rods. And then they're thrown into prison. And I'm not talking about a prison, come on now, where you can get a doctorate degree at. I'm talking about evil prison. And then they're chained down in an inner prison in the bottom. Because it's uh, they the, the jailer was commanded, make sure nothing happens to these guys. And so he said he the jailer put them down deep underground and then and then literally chained them to the ground. And the Bible records that they we're glad. Come on now. They begin to thank God. They begin to praise God. Come on. They begin to lift up some songs of Zion. They begin to praise God at midnight, the Bible says. And they were praising God and worshiping God and thanking God so loud that every prisoner in the entire prison could hear what they were singing. Come on now. And what they were singing to the Lord. And as they did that, the Bible says that it released the power of God out of the realm of the spirit and began to manifest in the natural realm. Come on now, praise and power. Come on, if you want divine recovery in your life, come on now. I'm talking about divine recovery, divine restitution, divine recompense. I'm telling you the first thing that you've got to master in the no matter what is done to you, no matter what the Holy Spirit leads you into, no matter what trial or tribulation is going on in your life, you got to praise him. You got to be glad. You got to rejoice. Come on now. You got to thank him. And as they did that, God released the power of his kingdom out of the realm of the spirit and shook and shake. Come on now and quake the very foundations of that prison. And literally every door swung open, the chains fell off. Come on now, isn't that what Isaiah prophesied? That the anointing of the Holy Spirit is a chain breaker. Come on now, it's a yoke, a burden remover. Come on now, how do you get that kind of 
Come on, power of the Holy Spirit. You got to praise him. Praise releases chain breaking. Come on now, burden removing power and anointing from the Holy Spirit out of the realm of the spirit. Come on into the natural realm, but you got to praise him like you've never praised him before. Just like the apostle Paul and Silas did. And they were singing, praising. I mean, they weren't, oh, I, we just got a little praise in my mouth. Oh, praise the Oh, oh, praise the Lord. No, none of that nonsense. Come on now. Come on. Oh, oh, I'm just, I'm just shy. No, you're not shy. No, stop. Oh, I'm just timid. No, you're not. God doesn't create shy people. God doesn't create timid. Some of you know my testimony. I was the most backward, shy, timid person on the planet. I mean, I literally failed my preaching class. I was driven by fear. I've had two nervous breakdowns when I was younger because I was so full of anxiety, worry, and fear of people kind of thing until I realized that God does not create timid people. God does not create shy people. Come on now. You become that by virtue of spirits, by virtue of environment, by virtue of culture, come on, by virtue of traumatic experiences come your way, but God can heal you. God can deliver you just like he did me. I've been around the world, 27 nations, six continents, preached to literally tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people all over the world. Come on, that's right. So don't, don't be throwing that up to me on my face. I, you're a day late dollar shirt with that timid shy thing kind of thing. You're bold as a lion, the Bible says, the righteous are. And that's what the power of the Holy Spirit will do for you. As you begin to praise him, that chain-breaking power will come on you and literally set you free like never before. And as they did that, oh, my God, the, the door swung open. The chains fall. Mm, the prisoner thinks, now watch, the prisoner thinks that everybody's gone. He's about to kill himself. Paul tells him, do not kill yourself. We're all still here. And so what happens? The prisoner and the jailer literally says, what do I need to do to become saved? And so he shares with him and everyone, all of his relatives, all of his friends who were at his house, they all got born again. They all got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Come on now. The power of God came upon them. They were baptized in water. And it says that he, they, they cleaned his wounds. They gave him food to eat. And the next morning, the Romans came back and said, listen, Go ahead and release them out of prison. Now watch, now watch, now watch. Listen very, very carefully. The apostle Paul says, no. I want you to send a message back to the Roman authorities that we are Roman citizens, that you have accused, you have brought false accusations, come on now, and false judgments and false imprisonment and false beatings against Roman citizens. And you have grievously broken the law with, in a great way. Oh my God. And he said, I'm not leaving. You publicly humiliated us. You publicly falsely accused us. You publicly beat us. You publicly imprisoned us. Now, here's what you're gonna do. What you're gonna publicly Acknowledge what you have done and bring restitution and recompense and recovery. Ooh. Now watch this. Here's the question. Here's the million dollar question. Why, listen, listen. 
Why didn't Paul and Silas tell the Roman authorities the day before that they were Roman citizens? Why did he withhold that information? Because if he would have told them that they were Roman citizens the day before, they never would have been beaten. They never would have been prison, went to prison. All of that stuff wouldn't have happened. But why didn't they say that? You know why? Because they understood, like Jesus understood, and what they learned from Jesus was this. We don't say anything unless the Father tells us to say it. And we don't do anything unless the Father tells us to do it. So they intentionally held back the information that could have set them free and kept them from any kind of persecution and physical beating and, come on, and imprisonment. And yet they did not say anything and endured the suffering, endured the beating, endured the imprisonment, and here's the outcome. Oh, my God. Here's what God did. God shows up with power. God shows up because somebody obeyed the Holy Spirit even when it wasn't convinced. They obeyed the Holy Spirit even when it meant that they were going to have to go through persecution. They obeyed the Holy Spirit even when it meant that it was that they were going to have to be way outside their comfort zone, that this was going to bring pain and suffering, come on now, to them physically, emotionally, psychologically, and yet they chose to literally fellowship with the sufferings of Christ as the apostle Paul writes in the book of Philippians chapter three, he says, man, we, it is our honor. It is our honor. It is our honor to literally to fellowship in the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ so that we might be able to partake in the power of his resurrection and to release the light of God's glory out of our broken vessels. Ooh, come on now. Here's the point. Come on now. There would have been, come on now, no earthquake. There would have been no supernatural manifestation of the power of God. There would have been, come on now, a, there would have been no witness, come on now, concerning the glory and the kingdom of God to every prisoner in that prison. There would have been that, that prison guard would have never came to the, into the kingdom of God. His family and all of his friends would have never come into the kingdom of God. And the reality is out of that, the church to, in Philippi was birthed that day. All because somebody chose to obey the Holy Spirit even when it meant, meant that it wasn't going to be good. And somebody chose to praise God. Somebody chose to fear not. I'm talking about divine recovery. Somebody, so Holy Spirit, help us hear your voice here tonight. I'm talking about divine recovery, divine restoration, divine restitution, divine recompense. It starts with this. He says, fear not, people of God. And then begin to give me glory. Begin to, come on, rejoice. Paul says rejoice while he's in prison, beaten multiple times again here. Mm, this is another time he's in prison. This is not, I'm not even talking about that's the first time. This is the second time he's in prison. Now, when he writes this letter here to the Philippian church now, years later. But even making a decision, I'm going to obey the Holy Spirit. 
And even though it means I'm going to have to be beaten, I'm going to fear not. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to worry. Come on now. I'm not going to allow the spirit of fear to grip me to move outside of a bang of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what's going down the road. I don't know why the Lord wants me to endure what I need to endure kind of thing. All I know, if he's calling me to endure this, if he's calling me to go through this trial, if he's calling me to go through this temptation, if he's calling me to go through this test right here, all I know is something supernatural is, come on now, is going to take place on the other side of that. And so I'm going to obey the Holy Spirit, and I'm not going to fear the consequences of it whatsoever. That's what Paul and Silas did. And then they made a decision. We're going to be glad. We're going to rejoice we're going to thank God. And when they did not fear, come on now, they began to rejoice. It literally created the atmosphere for the power of God to come and to manifest in a way nobody had seen before and caused the birth of a church in Philippi. That's why he says, this church right here, my precious family, the ones who I deeply love, you have become the glorious joy and the crown of my reward. No other church did he have to endure such pain and suffering to birth. But Paul was willing and Silas were willing to go through that to see the glory of God. That's why Paul says, man, in this he said, well, all of this we're going through, it's for your sake. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it's all for your sake. So that the light of glory can come through this broken vessel and escape to bring life, power, healing, wholeness, salvation to you. So when he says here, now, come on now, to this search, be cheerful, be joyous. Come on now. Be celebrate in every season of your life. Let joy overflow, for you are anointed to the, you're united to the anointed one. And let gentleness be in every relationship. Make sure you treat people right. And he says, don't be, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about everything and full of fear, but be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests, requests that are filled with the faith of God, before God with overflowing gratitude, Tell him every detail of your life. Tell him not only, the, come on, the, the things that you need, but tell him the desires of your heart. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on the, what's authentic, real, honorable, admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure, and holy, and merciful, kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Follow the example of all that I have imparted to you. And then the God of peace, come on now, will be with you in everything. Come on now. So listen now. This is what he's saying to this church. And he says it in the, here's the context. He says to the pastor of the church and to Clement, who's a dear friend of him, Clement. He says to him, he says in verse 2, he says, help these two ladies. What two ladies? He says, these women have diligently labored with me for the prize and helped me spreading the revelation of the kingdom of God. So these two ladies that are part of the church of Philippi have spent, um, come on, helped the apostle Paul 
not only with their time, but with their money and resources, it says, and to, to help them to spread, come on now, the revelation of the kingdom of God. But now there is some kind of disagreement and division that has come between these two women. And the apostle Paul is addressing it now. He said, now watch now, he's addressing the why, because division will stop the power of God. Division will stop the blessing of God. Division, come on now, will stop the reign of God's spirit. Division will stop, come on now, divine recovery from happening in your life. And so Paul says to the pastor and to Clement, he says, listen, help these two women with this issue of, uh, of being, uh, of, of division and disagreement. Help them. He says, help them, help them. And then he goes on, he says, here's what he says now. Let gentleness be in every relationship for our Lord is coming real soon. He's near. So the context of don't fear, don't be worrying. Come on, don't be full of anxiety. Rejoice. Come on now, fix your minds. It's all in the context of keeping, come on now, division out of the church. That's the context of the chapter right there. And so that the power and the blessing and the honor. Now, listen, here's the, here's, here's the mind-blowing thing. The apostle Paul, look here. He says here in verse 10, my heart overflows with joy when I think of how you, church at Philippi, showed your love to me by your financial support of my ministry. So listen now, I want you to catch a hold of this. This church supported financially the apostle Paul and his ministry for years and years, more than any other church or any other group of people that were during that day. And yet, watch, Paul is boldly dealing with all kinds of divisive div division. He's not bringing, oh, oh, I love you. Oh, you're all good. You're all awesome kind of thing. Oh, mm, the Lord loves you. I love you. You're good. I'm good. We're all good. Let's go home. Praise the Lord. And we're out of here in 45-minute service kind of thing. That's what most churches are doing. Why? Because it's all about getting more people into the church so that they get more money. This church gave more money to the apostle Paul, and yet he's boldly bringing correction to them, and he doesn't care if they stop his their financial support or doesn't from that day forward. Why? Because he's more interested in them growing up and seeing the fullness of God's glory and becoming mature than him getting financial support or getting numbers added to the building. Come on now. And so here it is right there. Who? So I want to, right now, divine recovery, divine restoration, divine restitution, divine recompense. Got so much more to say, but I'm going to stop right here, here tonight, because I feel like the Holy Spirit has released what he wants to release in each and every one of your lives. Watch it on Facebook and here on, on the call here tonight. I'm telling you right now, whoo, right now in the name of Jesus. What do we got to do? Obey the Holy Spirit. Come on now, no matter what he asks you to do. Come on, and if it's uncomfortable, fear not. Come on now, if he's leading you someplace, come on, you've never been, fear not. Come on, if he's asking you to do something you've never done, fear not. If he's asking you to go to a place you've never been, fear not. If he's asking you to endure some kind of trial or tribulation or to go through some kind of test, fear not. Do not let. Now, 
and then begin to be glad, begin to rejoice, begin to thank him. And as you do that, it opens up the door for the reign of God's spirit to rise up and out of you, the river of God to rise up and out of you and to come up and on you and to overflow to everybody around you. <clears throat> come on now. So we're not trying to get anything to come on us. It's already in us. <clears throat> come on now. So the heavens are open right here on the inside of me. Heaven's in me. Come on now. The kingdom is in me. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, the executive agent of the Godhead is living on the inside of me. Come on now. And he's just waiting for me to hear his voice, to obey his voice. Come on now. And then to begin to praise him, begin to worship him. And as you do that, ooh, the reign of God's spirit will come and cause supernatural recovery, restoration, and blessing. Now, next time we're together, I'll talk, I'm going to talk some more uh, about that and talk some more what that really means and how we can see a greater measure of that take place in our lives for the glory and for the honor of God. Father, I thank you for every person on the call, everybody that's watching on Facebook here tonight. I thank you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus. You know them. You know their hearts. You know what they're going through. You know what they've been had to endure, Lord God, Father. In the name of Jesus, I feel a wave of God's just glory in his presence coming right now. In the name of Jesus, right now, I feel a wave of healing presence flowing now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I hear the Holy Spirit. Now you listen, I'm not just speaking prophetically now. I hear the Holy Spirit saying that there are a number of you on the call, a number of you watching on Facebook, that you have gone through some, some really genuine traumatic things in your past. And it just, it just seems like you just can't get free of it. You just kind of seem like you're going around the same mountain over and over and over again. And, uh, and so I hear the Holy Spirit is saying that there's a real measure of healing that is being released right now by way of the anointing supernatural impartation in the name of Jesus right now, in the name of Jesus. Look in verse 9 here, Philippians chapter 4, he says, follow the example that we have imparted to you and the God of peace, shalom. The God of nothing missing, the God of nothing broken, the absence of all things harmful, the presence of everything beneficial come in, in your life will be your portion and will be with you in everything that you go through in your life. Let me just throw this in. That's why you need a spiritual leader. Come on now. He said, follow our example. There's no such thing is being out there by yourself in some kind of lone ranger in the kingdom of God. You need spiritual leaders in your life that can impart to you, that have a, a sphere of authority and anointing that releases supernatural impartation through the prophetic teaching and through the prophetic words of God that releases in God. And so he says, as you follow, as you literally, not just listen to what I'm saying, but actually do what I'm saying and follow what we do. You'll experience the same results 
that we do. That's why I wanted to take time tonight to share with you what the Lord spoke directly to me about this next year in my life, about this Kairos moment, about a year of unprecedented favor, unprecedented acceleration as it relates to destiny in the name of Jesus. And let me just add this as a just as a, a form and a word of encouragement. When the Bible talks about in the in, in one of the epistles that the Apostle Paul wrote there, um, I believe it's Colossians, he says, he says that we need pray and we need to cause an awakening. Not only us, but for all the believers to awaken to a place where they can redeem the time. That word time there is not chronos. It's kairos. He's saying there is the realm of redeeming kairos moments. Let me just encourage you with this. When God sets kairos moments into your timeline and we come up to it, but we are spiritually asleep and we miss it, I want to suggest to you that God knew that you were going to miss it because he saw the end from the beginning. Therefore, he set further down into your timeline, come on now, of another Kairos moment where you can redeem in that moment. The grace of God is there. He says, if you'll awake and hear my voice, I'll actually give you the power to redeemed lost Kairos moments, to redeem, come on, to buy back moments, Kairos moments, seasons in your life where you should have experienced unprecedented things that only could happen in that season. And yet, for whatever the reason, you missed it. God says, mm, that's all right. My grace is greater than that. And then when you come down, maybe it may be another month. It may be another year. It could be 10 years, whatever it may be. God knows exactly when to do it. He sets into your timeline a, another Kairos moment or a redeeming Kairos moment where you, by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, where you can buy back, come on now, those Kairos seasons that you lost because you were spiritually sleeping during that season in your life. And now because you're awake, come on now, you can literally begin to experience then, come on now, you might have been, you might have missed some time. You might have been able to experience it. <clears throat> come on now, for the last year or two years, but that's okay. And that's okay. God says, okay, I, I want you to experience this, but that's okay. I'm not mad. I'm not upset. You know why he's not mad at you? He's not, come on now, because he's in the future and he sees you complete and total and mature in the future. And you're looking a whole lot better in the future than you are right now. That's why he doesn't get nervous in the service. Come on, when you miss Kairos moments, because he set into motion in your personal timeline moments where you can redeem them and buy them back. That which you have missed. That's the grace and the mercy and the goodness of God that captures our hearts. Oh, he's so faithful to us. In the name of Jesus, it's happening right now. I decree and declare under the anointing of the Spirit of the living God that it's happening now. It's happening now in the name of Jesus. Ooh, in the name of Jesus. I release that healing. I just feel, I literally feel fire flowing 
right now. I feel the heat of God's presence flowing right now into this call over the Facebook in the name of Jesus. And it's bringing some real, some real, some real genuine, authentic healing presence. Ooh, come on now. In the name of Jesus. In the name you've heard the saying before, what, what we refuse to allow the Lord to heal, we are doomed to repeat it in our life again. Because it's just, we're literally going to come around the mountain. It's just, there's no way of getting around it. What we refuse to allow the Lord to heal, we are doomed to repeating it over and over and over and over again. Remember now, 50% of what's making up your present real time is what you actually believe is going to happen and what God has planned for you in the future. Because if you can see it, Come on, you've heard me say it again. Let me say it again. You got to prophesy it. And then you got to prophesy it. But you'll never prophesy it until you can prophesy it. And then once you prophesy it and prophesy it, then you can prophesy it. Come on now. But you got to be able to see, live from the future present tense. And come on now and see what God has shown you. And then begin to grab a hold of that. Come on now. What he shows you, what the Holy Spirit illuminates to you, you've got to allow the faith of God to arise up and go out and seize that and apprehend it so that you can experience it in real time in the name of Jesus. So I'm thanking you, Holy Spirit, right now for causing this word to come alive. I thank you that this word is creating right now fresh faith in the name of Jesus. Ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord God. Listen, you on the call, those on Facebook, you're going to go off the broadcast here tonight with a sense. I know that I know. A sense. Come on now. Let's just call it right here. Come on now. Today is, come on now, for all of you, this is, I'm going to say one thing, probably about, about 30 minutes ago, I started, or 35 minutes ago, we're going to just say, we're going to say eight 15 at 8 15 just like whoo come on now just like on tuesday night at 8 15 come on on 8 19 at 8 15 in the evening the word of the lord was released to you come on now now you need to grab a hold of it you need to receive it come on now and then go out and attain it come on now you just can't receive the promise. You gotta go out, attain it, and maintain it. Come on now. The children of Israel received the promise of the promised land, but they did not go out and attain it. And that whole generation did not receive that which God said was theirs. So he prophesied, This is your inheritance. They did not experience the inheritance. Their children and their grandchildren received it because they awakened and redeemed the Kairos moment that their parents missed. Now their children and their grandchildren are living in what they were supposed to experience. Come on now. So when God speaks a word, in the end, his word is going to come to pass, whether you believe it or not. Here's the sad thing. If you don't believe it, you won't experience it. But God's, God's not moved by that. He'll just wait for another generation to rise up and his word will be fulfilled in the earth. I say, let it happen to me. I'm not, come on now, and my children, and my grandchildren, I'm not letting it slip by, and then I'm gonna 
receive it. Come on now, seize it, attain it, and maintain the promise of God in my life, the prophetic word. I'll receive that in the name of Jesus tonight. Whoo, this is a redeeming moment. This is a redeeming, come on, of supernatural divine recovery is coming your way in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your word. I ask you now, sir, to seal the seed of your spoken word in our hearts. I want to thank you in advance that that word is being engrafted now. It's sticking. The word engraft means to stick to. The word of God is sticking to you. Right? And it's going to grow. It's going to develop. It's going to mature. And it's going to bring long-lasting, glorifying fruit to our Father as it all relates to your own personal call, gift, and anointing in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Those who are watching on Facebook, thank you for watching here tonight. I want to just say um, you can uh, go to dsmhollywood.com. Listen, if you, uh, we're looking. Uh, we, I'm eternally grateful to all of our partners. Um, you're the ones that make the difference. Without you, we cannot, we cannot bring the gospel around the world. We need more partners. So if you pray, go to dsmhollywood.com, find more information about what it means to become a partner. There's all kinds of free resources on the, the website, and uh, you can access all of that for free. And uh, and so and find out more about uh, DSM Hollywood team and, and Sue and myself. And uh, so until next time we're together, uh, we love you. More importantly, Jesus loves you. And um, let's do everything we can by the Holy Spirit to make Jesus Lord in our world that we're living in. Amen.